1: 8 o'clock. It's time for Fantastic Comedy Clubhouse here on mutinyradio.fm. We're going to get started in just a few minutes here, holding for the throngs of people coming through the doors to hear the ex-teacher show tonight. Back to school, everybody. The kids went back on Monday, those disgusting little demon spawn, and we're going to talk about them tonight. A lot of comedians who have been teachers and still are teachers, those idiots that are. (laughs) We're going to get right to that in a few minutes. But until then, please enjoy the amazing face-melting sounds of Floating Goat here on Mutiny Radio. It's the ex teacher show. That's why there's a chair up here so that these teachers can take a load off because they're in front of kids all the time telling them bullshit and making them listen. Fuck that. Am I right? I, uh, I actually taught junior high and high school for four years uh, from 97 to 2001. Yes, I was teaching those kids stuff. <laughs> I was. So good, Uh, it was, you know, I was a stoner even back then, uh, but I didn't, actually, we'll just open, we'll just open with that story. So uh, I was teaching, my third year of teaching, I was at a school called Ocean Shores Continuation High School. Anybody been to a continuation high school? Anyone else a total loser? Nope, that's good, no, it's just, it's a special individualized education program for kids that just don't fit into the norms, you know what I'm saying, that's cool. Uh, So I had a bunch of kids in my classroom, They're all the ages between 14 and 18. And uh, one day, the drug dog walks in. Oh, the drug dog and the police. Here they are walking into my classroom. And I'm like, don't sweat, don't sweat, because of course I have my pipe and my weed on me, because I smoke in the car on my way to work, duh. Don't do that, freaking out, thinking in my head, every single one of these kids has a pipe. I'm fine. (laughs) So it was no problem because uh, the the dog drug dog got halfway up through one of the aisles and they found this really big glass pipe, like really great, in like one of those like fluffy cases that cost more than like, you know, I don't, it was an amazing case. They open it up. It's a beautiful bubbler thing. And I'm like, dude, you don't bring that to school. (laughs) I'm so happy that the drug dogs left before they came up to the desk at the front which was my desk and in the second drawer lots of drugs I didn't know how I was going to get out of that one that was fun Uh, another teacher my second year of teaching oh wasn't this fun Uh, I taught uh, I was at the time I was substitute teaching for kids that had um, oh there was a weird name for they were they were medically fragile okay so they had helmets and issues there were things okay (laughs) No, they're medically, fra- it was like feeding tubes and stuff. There wasn't a lot of teaching going on. There was a lot of not teaching. There was mostly just like me changing diapers and putting food into pumps. It was fun. So I'm in the classroom and uh, there's two aides in the classroom and they're there and we're doing things. I'm like helping them learn how to fold laundry and you know, life skills. Uh, anyways, there's a screaming from the bathroom, because of course we have a bathroom in the classroom. Cause, okay. So we hear screaming, 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 screaming. And I'm like looking at the two other adults in the room. Uh, hey. There were actually more adults because some of the kids were like 22, but they aren't really adults because they were like really retarded. So <laughs> there were, So I hear this screaming, screaming in the bathroom. And I look at one of the aides and I'm like, hey, what's going on here? And they're like, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. Okay." So I go on and go on with my, I hear it again, screaming, death-curdling, screaming from the bathroom. I'm like, this is, are we concerned? Don't worry about it, don't worry about it. A third time, finally, screaming, screaming. So I go up to the door, I open the door, uh, and I saw the biggest dick I've ever seen. Okay, I saw a 17-inch hard cock on a boy with a flat head and really greasy hair. I think he might have been 17. And the first thing that popped into my head was, fuck, what is that? And the second thing was, is there like retard fetish porn? Does that exist? This is like 98. And I was wondering if I could start a whole new genre. This guy had the biggest dick in the whole world. And I was like, God is evil or hilarious. Because he's never going to use that in the context of another person unless it's like he's being paid for it with porn, I think. It was a rough day that day. Teaching was rough. That day. that $110 I collected for my special education uh, substitute teaching that day, that was a big deal. That was a good one. Uh, more, I know, this is more, for me, I'm like, this is more of a storytelling show tonight because welcome to the weird and disgusting things that happened with me and junior high kids. Uh, no, I... I loved it. So I was teaching junior high boys when I was like uh, 21 to 25, thereabouts. And it's so fun because my boyfriend now is 11 years my junior. So then he was actually in junior high when I was teaching junior high. And he could have like been one of my students. He's not emotionally disturbed, though. But it really, really helped my life because I hang out with so many comedians now and they're all emotionally disturbed <laughs> junior high school students. It is so easy. All the training I did and all that schooling was for a point. It's good. Love teaching. <laughs> Thank you for laughing at that, Ivy. Uh, another, I'll regale you with another another fun tale. Uh, so in my first year of student teaching, uh, I, was an, I, was, I was an overachiever. Let's say that. Uh, so here I am I'm 21, almost 22 years old, and I'm teaching uh, block schedule, mind you, which means it's an hour and a half. And they're the idiots. They gave me high 12th grade English, second semester block. So I'm with them for an hour and a half a day, and it's all the cheerleaders and football people who are already fucking out of high school. They're done. If they're going to go to college, they're already going. This class is meaningless to them. It's totally meaningless, except it's like the thing they have to have to graduate. And I was really young, and boy, it was tough. And I was, t- I was doing the school play. I was directing that, and I was also teaching um, a, a theater class. And so I lost my mind. Uh, and one day the kids didn't come into theater class and uh, they were all being silly and I said hey everybody let's try a new behavioral management strategy how about everybody just walk out the door you're going to come back in we're just going to start the day over all together we just started over just everything that happened didn't happen so I send them all outside and three come back (laughs) this is 37 high school students three come back And I'm like, (laughs) I have no master teacher. They're like, she's so competent, we can go get coffee. (laughs) So there's no like real adults, right? And I'm 22 years old, I've got all these kids. I got three kids in the classroom now. So I go, everybody take out a piece of paper and write your name at the top of the paper. You all just got 800 points in my class. And everyone else just failed this test. They're all going to get Fs. Ha, ha, ha. And one of them runs outside and is like, You guys, you guys, you're gonna get an F in the class, you're not gonna be able to graduate. And so they all come in yelling at me. They're a stampede of angry high school students. What do you mean? We're not gonna graduate. Who are you? What is going on? And I'm like, Oh! So one of the girls is really yelling at me and calling me mean names. And so I use another behavioral management strategy that's completely ineffective. I pick up the phone and I call her dad. <laughs> so then there's the kid yelling at me in the classroom and now her dad's yelling at me on the phone. He's like, who are you? You can't control the, kid. why are you even teaching? Patch me into the principal. Why are you even there? So I'm getting yelled at there. That I, I hang up the phone and I jump up on the desk. And I say, you are all fucking assholes. (laughs) I hate all of you. I'm quitting teaching right now. I get on the phone to my. Person at UC UC Davis, and I say, I quit this bullshit program. Every single child is an asshole. I will never teach again. These entitled fucks with their and I'm in the customer like you're an asshole. You're an asshole. You're okay. You're and I was it was almost like that scene from uh, (laughs) Half Baked. -baked uh, But (laughs) but the thing is that movie hadn't even come out yet. So like I was up on the stage going like fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're okay. But I'm out of fucking here. I'm fucking out of here. I seriously broke down in front of all of them. And I got off the desk and I got in my car and I left. <laughs> I just left. Thank you. I left teaching. It was great. I, uh, I took three weeks off. I laid by the pool. I read a bunch of plays. And then I started teaching special ed because <laughs> they're so much easier. Seriously. I was like, I want to I teach over. At G. I want to make the next. The fuck every child in high school who's typically developing. Fuck them all. They are assholes, entitled little douchebags. They're driving cars. We let high school students drive cars. What is wrong with us? They don't even have to wear helmets. We give them a license to go about, go have sex, drive cars, get drunk. It's fine. You're a baby adult with no critical thinking skills. Thanks teaching Uh, that's why that's actually that's why I left uh, public education in 2001 as I saw No Child Left Behind coming and I'm like oh so we're we're culling critical thought from our education system (laughs) and now we have Millennials yay everything's gonna be okay because everyone drives Lyft and uber just get the kids, just get the kids to drive young, right? And they're going to be fine, because they'll just drive for Lyft or Uber after they go to college, because I don't know what the point of that is anymore. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, I'll be telling stories all night. Hey, there's a song we sing at the beginning of this show. And if you know how it goes, sing along with me. M-U-T-I-N-Y, comedy, clubhouse, comedy. Clubhouse. Comedy. Clubhouse. Together, we will bring our jokes up high. Hi, hi, hi. I've been trying the vaporizer, it's been working. m-u-t-i-n-y and <laughs> Y comedy Clubhouse. You wanna come inside my clubhouse? Yay. Yay! Yay! Uh we're all uh, adults over eighteen years old. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. Does anyone have problem with us sparking bowls in here tonight? Good. Then we can all do that. I just want to get everyone's consent before we just start like sparking balls. Just to be kind, right? Because someone might be allergic to pot smoke. I've heard about that. I'm like, who are these idiots? Get a better, get a get some get some better disability. You can't you can't breathe pot smoke. Come on now. Your first comedian tonight. I am so excited that she's here and is going to regale us with stories of teacherdom and awesomeness. Put your hands together for Adrian Price. <laughs>
2: Thank you. Is this on? Yes, lovely. Ah, hi everybody. You're so pretty. Uh, I don't say that to my students. That would be highly inappropriate. Um, Yeah, so I am trans and I'm a teacher and sometimes that's entertaining and sometimes it's traumatizing. I wasn't always out to my students. There was a point where I was kind of living a double life, um, you know, being myself outside of school and then closeted in school. And you can never keep any kind of secret from a group of teenagers. You just can't. At some point, they discovered my Facebook, and this jock comes up to me at the end of class and is like, Yo, mister, saw those pictures of you wearing a dress. What happened? Did you uh, lose a bet?" And I was like, Yes, son. I did lose a bet with God. (laughs) He looked kind of confused about that, but I just went about my day. Um, But it has been pretty cool that since I moved out here, I've been able to uh, teach out and be myself. Uh, And kids are, like, cooler out here than I expected them to be. But you never know, know, like, what's going to set them off. Like, one day I was uh, in front of the class, and I I mentioned something about going away for the Jewish holidays. And this group of kids goes, oh, my God, you're Jewish? (laughs) And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So you're not weirded out by the fact that I am a pink-haired punk transsexual, but the fact that I'm Jewish is just like blowing your mind. I, I don't understand. Um, the worst day of teaching for me was always picture day. Kids cannot concentrate on anything during picture day it's they're obsessed they're so anxious they're so keyed up like what's going to happen where everybody going to take my picture oh my god and I, at at one point i just had to stop class i'm like look everybody put your books down just look at me i know it's picture day i know you're all freaked out but In a year, you're not even gonna remember this, right? Nobody cares about what your picture looks like. It doesn't matter. And then one of the girls raises her hand in the back of the class and goes, yeah, but my parents are gonna send my picture to all my friends and family. And I'm like, oh my God! That's awful! Why would they do that? That's totally fucked up! They're gonna traumatize you for, what? they're gonna send your picture to all of your friends and family? That's terrible. Oh, well, you're excused. (laughs) But the rest of y'all motherfuckers. (laughs) And then I was fired. Um, No, I wasn't. Uh, What else do we wanna talk about? I started teaching middle school recently, which is a fascinating experience. Middle school is that tender young age where children are first embarking on that journey of learning how to curse properly. Um, And it, it is a very fascinating journey to witness because they want to learn how to do it, but there's no context in which it makes any sense at that age. So they're always like, yo, Johnny, bring me that motherfucking jump rope the hula hoop motherfucker the glittery hula hoop it's like not necessary children <laughs> but the worst part is that they don't even understand like the syntax of cursing like the how you f- put the words together to make meaning right they're always like fuck shit the bastard cock pussy like i don't, I don't even know how to parse that let alone respond to it and I'm an English teacher, so I always want to go up to the board and just be like, all right, repeat after me. Bitch before bastard, except after cunt. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes motherfucker. <laughs> There's always one person in the audience who's just like, I can tell, like, the wheels are turning. Like, is that true? Like, It's, like, it's a comedy show, not a TED Talk. Calm down, people. Um, so, uh, so technology is something I didn't expect to have to know anything about. It's kind of one of the reasons I went into teaching. I was like, I don't know shit about computers. I'll teach a children. Um, (laughs) I didn't mean for that to come out that way. (laughs) It's been a long day, y'all. Okay. Centering myself in the moment, in the present moment. (sighs) Buddha is with me. Okay. (laughs) What was I even talking about? (laughs) I've never done this before on a stage. (laughs) I've had a really, really weird day, y'all. It's been a really weird-ass day. Anyway, technology is a thing that apparently you have to know about in order to teach children nowadays in our world. Uh, I learned this the hard way because at the school I was working at, we were required to create Google Docs that had a list of the students and their grades on it. And I did that. Um, and I didn't realize that you were supposed to set it to like private. (laughs) So effectively every student could see every other student's grade in the class just with a click of a mouse. And I didn't figure this out because anybody changed their grade as I expected, I figured this out because one day uh, I was going to input a grade and I saw the word (laughs) poop-tard written on someone's grade book. And I thought to myself, I'm pretty sure that I didn't just accidentally type the word poop-tard into the student's gradebook. Like I, I'm relatively certain that I just didn't go into the student's gradebook and be like, A, B plus, C minus, A minus, B, poop-tart, I mean, C plus, like, not likely the series of events that transpired. So, uh, at first I'm like, wow, this has got to be the most, like, infantile form of adolescent rebellion I've ever seen in my life. But then I realized it's actually genius because it forces me as the teacher to have to come up in front of the class and be like, pens and pencils away, book bags under your chairs. I'm going to ask this once and I want an answer. Who wrote poop tard on Jessica's grade book? I know it wasn't Jessica. I know it wasn't Mason because Mason can't Poop Tart, but one of y'all motherfuckers wrote Poop Tart, and I want to know who it is. I never found out who it was. (laughs) Constant source of mystery in my life. Um, So I don't know about y'all, but uh, growing up in, in South Florida for me... Um, When I got sex ed, it was don't have sex, ever. Like not even until marriage, just like don't have sex because it's evil and bad for you. So I was like committed when I started teaching that I was going to try to get my students access to like some real progressive, accurate sex ed. And so uh, I brought in this group to teach some workshops to my class and one of the students who was a budding comedi- comedian uh, developed this punchline where, whenever a certain kind of genitalia was invoked, uh, he would just go, "Penis, penis!" <laughs> like a fucking gay poltergeist, like "Penis," <laughs> and like you know, i As a comedian, I'm not going to try to step on his craft um, because let me tell you, like in ninth grade, this slays, right? It slays. He like he becomes synonymous with this bit that he will just do at the drop of a hat. And it just became so much a part of his character that uh, one day he he came up to me and he was like, hey, uh, can I go to? Uh, basketball practice, and I was like, well, you have your note? And he's like, yeah, here's I've got my pass, so. Shows me the pass, it all checks out, and I was like, well, all right, have a good uh, practice, penis head. <laughs> and the minute that the words came out of my mouth, <laughs> I was just imagining like, your honor, <laughs> there is a clear and comprehensible reason for why I referred to my student Michael Rodriguez on October the twenty-third at three twenty-two p.m. as "penis head," <laughs> the evidence will show. Like no, like no. There's no justification. There's no justification for why you should be referring to your student as "penis head." Like it's just. There's no way you're gonna get out of that one. So in the moment, I saw. Our whole dynamic just did like a 180, (laughs) and he's looking down at me like, I'm not so much angry at you as disappointed that you would use that kind of immature and inappropriate language towards a student. Uh, I really hope that in the future you'll rethink your life choices. See you later, Poop Tard. And he walks out of the room. I'm Adrian Price. Thank you very much. She brought back the
0: Poop
1: Tard. Yes. Adrian Price. Yes. Oh, that makes me want to get like a tattoo on my lower lip that says like Poop (laughs) Tard, right? So I can just like peel it down for people when they're, you know, like on the bus and you're just like "Mm." (laughs) Poop Tard. Uh, funny, I wasn't actually allowed to go to sex ed because my parents were Christian. Yay! They wrote me a note that said that Jesus will tell me everything I know about getting fucked in the ass. Woo! Just kidding. I learned that in college. No, um, no, I really, I didn't. There's, uh, I wasn't allowed to go to sex ed, so I didn't know until you're 20. I didn't know until I was 26 years old that you. Um, could get uh, herpes, you could give herpes during a blowjob or you could get it during oral sex. I also didn't know that by peeing, you don't have UTIs anymore. Nobody ever told me that. I'm 26 years old going like, why do I have four UTIs a year? What's going on? Like, Do you pee after, you're supposed to do, Like, did you not go to high school special ed? Like I'm, t- sex ed, not special ed, I taught special ed. I don't think they teach sex ed to special ed, I don't know how it works. <laughs> Uh, they should, though, I guess. Everyone. Yay, access. Hey, uh, clap again for Adrienne Price, everyone. Yay! She has another show. But coming up next is a sex educator. <gasps> Holy shit, what a transition that was. She could teach me everything about getting rid of a UTI. I don't drink cranberry juice, pee after sex. Don't d- put the never asked mouth. Thank you, Kevin Smith. <laughs> like, what did we learn from clerks, too? <laughs> Uh, put your hands together everybody for Ivy Cordova sex ed
3: yeah so I think it's kind of funny I've been teaching sex ed for about two years now I teach it with a group in San Francisco Thing on And um the group in San Francisco, I've actually been with them. Uh we don't actually I don't go to high schools and talk to your kids about how to put on a condom because honestly if they can't figure it th- if they can't figure that out themselves or go on YouTube and find it, then they honestly don't deserve to get their dick sucked. Um No, what I do is I'm part of a nonprofit organization. What we do is we have a curriculum that we do twice a year. And we teach people that need to talk to their own client bases about uh, modern things that are happening in sex. And by that, I mean shit like fisting, uh, alternative sex practices, kink. Uh, we cover a lot of, we cover a lot of uh, topics. And um, one of the most important things, too, I feel like this should have been first on the list, is when it comes to anal sex, you can't just spin on it. Like, I don't know why people don't talk about that more often. Like, I seriously, like, some of my students are adult film stars, and one of the first things I always ask them is, can you guys have a more realistic uh, compilation of anal sex where it shows, like, a guy actually getting out all the accoutrement, like, lube and oil and Crisco or what have you? Because that doesn't work. Like, I did that in high school, and that that was, I was like 17, that put me off anal sex until I was like 30. That's terrible, right? That's like all those years of like ass pounding that I could have gotten when I was at my physical and emotional and maybe mental prime. And by that, I mean, at the time that I was doing so many drugs, it wouldn't have mattered who or what was back there. Uh, that would have been awesome, but no. So Jonas, just so you know, my friend's a teacher and I wanted to take this to his students. Tell your kids not to spit on it. Yeah. Just, you know, just so they're aware. Um, yeah, one of the things that I, um, the reason why I went into sex ed as, um, as an instructor, I actually started out with that organization as an intern. Uh, it was, I'm actually in the process of changing careers. I am leaving a 12-year corporate commissions uh, career uh, to right to actually go into social work and uh, sex therapy as well as sex education, which I think quite frankly is a better use of my time and my uh, wide nasty foul vocabulary. There are only so many ways to call somebody a greedy ass motherfucker, but there's a million ways to call somebody a cock guzzling, cum splashing, baby mama. Just I'm I just there's a lot of there's a lot of words. Like the fact that the fact that I'm actually like. Losing my train of thought means that there's more words than I know what to do with Um, One of the things that we do also is we have a switchboard Where uh, people call in from different places and they want to talk to us about their sex problems Uh, It's not not, it's not like a sex line or anything We're not there to like really make them feel better about themselves Uh, Our stance is that we don't really have a stance If they ask for specific information we're going to give them the specific information And sometimes that information is more amusing than it is actually effective Um I get a lot of questions about birth control, mainly how not to get pregnant. I'm always wondering if the reason they put me on that beat is because I have a nine year old. Therefore, I know what birth control doesn't work. Um, But um, it never—it blows my mind when I think about how truly uninformed some of our youth are, and that's a problem. Uh, It's not so much as it's—it's not a question that's as simple as, "Hey, where can I get condoms." And, and can I buy them without telling my parents? Like, you know, obviously that's super easy, just anywhere except the dollar store. But I get questions like, so me and my boyfriend hooked up and then he let me jack him off and then we high five, and then he fingered me. Am I pregnant? Like, bitch, I hope not. God, should I? No. No, 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 like, they, it, it can only survive for so long. I mean, you'd have to, like, really, like, scoop it out. And, I mean, I don't have the diagram, but I'm sure it would take a lot longer than, like, the 10 seconds that they spend high-fiving each other and slapping their spooge all over the place. Um, yeah, like, a lot of how not to get pregnant. Uh, I also get questions about anal sex, which is something that I talked about at the beginning of this segment. And, you know, for all the people that actually have ever considered doing anal sex, It always surprises me how little people actually know about the anus, that it's not necessarily an automatic, like, poop shoot. Like, you don't automatically go up there, you press a button, and then a waterfall of shit comes out, like the waterfall from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That's not how that works, you know? But, um, yeah, it's just... It's a lot. It's it's a it's a lot of like conv- not convincing people, but educating people about you know how to clean themselves, how to reach up in there so that you're not injuring the other person. And I was really appalled. Like I had a I, I did a comedy show uh, last weekend in Mountain View, and I had to stand still and watch this dumbass on stage talk to people about how uh, he fisted somebody and then he. Pulled his arm out like it was like he was pulling shit out of a you know like sort of like you're 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 using a what's that thing called like not a plunger I was gonna say close right no he was pulling he was pulling anal beads out sort of like he was trying to do a like a like a lawnmower you know like one of those old ones where you had to do that and the problem with doing that is if if you don't do it correctly you're basically gonna flip somebody's asshole inside out oh yeah that's a thing. And you know, some people actually enjoy that. It's called a prolapsed anus. And I learned that because my kid Googled it. I mean, I, I, I didn't learn it. I mean, I knew what it was, but I had to be put in the posi- into the position to explain what a prolapse inus was to a nine-year-old that somehow heard me talk about this on the phone and felt the need to Google it. And I had to also do double-time work as a parent and convince him that, yeah, that's going to happen if you don't wash your ass, so you better wash your fucking ass. No, that actually happens when you have something in there, and then if you guys, I don't know if you, how many of you guys are familiar with like butt plugs and toys and things like that, but they have phalanges on the end, and that's so that you can... Pull it out and break the seal. Sometimes by sticking a finger in and I, I used to be able to do. I used to be able to be better at that. But you guys know where I'm going with that. And you have to break the seal in order for your hand or hands or foreign object to come out without bringing your uh, receiving partner's asshole along with it. So. Yeah, it's, you know, getting a prolapsed anus, it's kind of a fun party trick. It's not going to kill you, but it's going to be pretty embarrassing. And honestly, if it happens, you guys got to tell the truth. Like, don't go in the ER and don't try to fool your Filipino nurses into telling you that, you know what, I I put the tampon in wrong. Like, no, bitch, let them have their fucking, take your L, let them laugh at you, because you know what, explaining to a Filipino nurse, she's already going to judge you. She's already going to judge you. Like. Because it's, I speak from experience. She's already going to judge you. And, you know, it's better to have a Filipino nurse judge you about, you know, while they're actually fixing you up rather than for us to have to talk to the coroner about why you have to have a closed casket. Just, yeah, just not not fun. Not fun. What else have I taught kids about? Um... (laughs) Now, one of the other one of the other things I teach, and I really love this part of my I really love this part of my curriculum. Uh, I have a tendency to volunteer for the things that nobody else seems to want to do. So, and I'm surprised how few people want to talk about prostitution, and about um, like sex work because I think it's super super important. Again. My organization that I'm a part of, and I'm not going to say their name out loud, but if you want to know who they are, I've said it many times on my uh, podcast, which is here at Mutiny Radio every Sunday from six to eight. The usual sex packs. I will say that shit out loud and I have described it out loud because, yeah, but um, yeah, they're a great organization. The cool cool thing I like about them is that we don't take a stance. Again, it's just it's therefore nonjudgmental, free, anonymous sex information. If you want it, we got it. We'll give it to you. And part of that is uh, talking to people who actively want to seek out sex workers. You know, that's, you know, like we're not here to judge. It's like you want it without pandering. We'll show you how to get to what you need. And it's kind of cool. Um, Although one time I had to explain this to my mother because I Mother's Day happened to be the same weekend that I was giving a lecture on a prostitution and uh, commerce and you know at first she didn't understand the context of it and I overheard her complaining to my dad I don't normally like it when comedians use like foreign accents to make fun of their parents but I realize there's no other way I can do this without being true to like what happened so I'm just I'm I'm gonna try like I I I grew up in I grew up in NorCal so uh, please forgive my lack of an accent but I'll try and this is my mom talking to my dad (sighs) Nako, did you talk to your daughter? She's not going to take me to brunch. Why is she not taking me to brunch? Because she's going to San Francisco. What is she doing there? She's going to talk to people about prostitution, about pornography. You know, she's going to watch it on porn screens. She'd rather watch porn than talk to her mother for brunch. She didn't. She did. She wanted to go to. She wanted to go watch porn with other students, with strangers, with boys in the room. But she does not want to watch with her mom. I'm just like, she completely took it out of context. I was not prepared for the angry phone call that I got from my father. And I was like, no, I didn't cancel brunch because I wanted to watch porn. (laughs) I canceled brunch. I canceled brunch because I had a lot of students who needed to watch porn. Wants and needs are two completely different things. So it was fun trying to explain that to Filipino parents, but I showed them the real and they shut up. It was called fuckarama. Like, I think after that, they understood why I had to be there. Uh, I, I guess, I, I don't know, I, I guess there's the attitude that, hey, if there's somebody that can that we can count on to be completely calm and not freak the fuck out at some people licking shit and, like, inside out inuses, I guess it's Ivy Cordova, right? <laughs> and I wanted to show them that I was worth something, and it was cool. Like, we. We had, mother- we had our Mother's Day celebration. Uh, it did not involve any kind of chocolate soft serve uh, just because she was very self-conscious about the kind of content I may have been exposed to or exposing other kids to. Um, I think it's kind of funny, though, that I ended up teaching sex ed to people because um, I used to be able to do this. Uh, my parents, because I talked openly about sex, they assumed that I was the person that was going to explain sex to other people's children. And I don't really know why that was a good idea because... Um, I got pregnant, um, pretty early, like, well, n- not, not early. I got pregnant at 26, but that's like, that's pretty late by Hayward standards, um, <laughs> And um, there was just really it was just it was just it was just funny to me. Um, There was one point where my father had given my phone number out to several of his um, friends from high school. They had children that were in their teens. And I guess the whole point was that he wanted me to talk to the daughter about abstinence. You know, just talk to her. She doesn't have to get with a boy right away. You know, she can wait. You waited until college, right? Like, fuck, no, I didn't. (laughs) I had, I had anal sex in a bathtub with somebody that knew, that didn't know enough to not just spit on it. <laughs> I mean, that's the only useful information I have. So I ended up, I did call the girl, and I was just like, you know what? I can't tell you what to do because you're in a private school, and I know y'all are freaks. But um, if you're going to have anal sex, just make sure he does a little bit more than spit on it. All right, I think that's my time. Thanks, guys. <laughs>
1: Sex to the youths, yes. What a bizarre job. Don't spit. I know. And these. I. I have no. We should just don't swab these microphones ever. Cause my God, whatever's on these, you can catch some crazy STDs from these motherfuckers. Uh, yeah. Woo. All right. Uh, your next comedian coming up to the stage. You're gonna laugh heartily at him. Uh, put your hands together for William Cameron Bolt.
4: Okay, that was that was like way more exciting than I am. Um, so my first experience teaching was, um, in Japan. Yay. And whenever uh, I tell people that, they're always just like, oh, did you go on the JET program? Because that's what everybody knows. And the JET program basically kind of like tries to get young, impressionable people out of college to go off to foreign Japan and have a mystical experience, I guess. I don't know. I wasn't in the JET program, but that's what it seems like when people talk about it. I was on the My Brother Knows a Guy plan, and basically I I went to Japan, and I was there, and you know, I, th- I had the impression they're like, oh, well, if I'm just there, I can find a job. And I didn't realize they have like a million different kinds of visas. And if you, you can only get work with certain ones. And so nobody would hire me. And, um, finally my brother was like, well, I have a friend who's got a school and maybe they'll forge papers for you saying you work there. So you can get a, a visa and then you can actually get a real job. And it was very scary for a while because like I was getting close to overstaying my visa and I was like, oh my God, am I going to get kicked out? And then I found out like a, you know, I remembered I'm white, and, and even in, that stuff that extends to Japan. Like white privilege is totally a thing over there still. Um, yeah. So after my visa expired, I got this very nice letter from the immigration people, and they were just like, "Oh, hey, would you think maybe you could stop by? Kind of need to talk to you about some stuff. Like, why are you still here?" Um, but yeah, so I got I got my first job. In, it was I was teaching at public school in Japan, um, and they have all this material you have to read before you get into a school there because being a sensei, even though you're only, you're an an English teacher, so you don't really have that much interaction with the students. um, But you're still considered a sensei, which means that you have sort of this, there's this hierarchy there and teachers are really well respected there. You're considered to be part of the family basically. And you're expected to kind of like help raise kids with the parents. It's this whole thing. But anyway, so there's all this stuff and they're like, don't drink uh, around your school because if they see you inebriated, it'll look really bad. Um, you know, always uh, dress appropriately, don't have any visible tattoos, and don't sleep with any of the students. And they repeated that like five times throughout this manual I had to read. It was like, don't have sex with the students. Remember, no inappropriate contact with students. Please don't do it. And like, at first I was just like, oh my God, like, of course, like, why, like, why is this being reinforced so much? And then after a few months of being there, I would have students come up to me and be like, we're so glad you're not like our last English teacher. And I'd be like, why? And it's like, well, he was just kind of old and weird. And he would take pictures with all the girl students. And it's just like, oh my Christ, this is really bad. Um, and it's freaky shit, man. And so that's why they had to have that in there so many times. Um, my, my whole thing about like teaching over there was like, I'm, I'm just a naturally lazy person. And so, I was always happy when, like, I would go to schools and they would see how lazy I was and the Japanese teachers would be like, we'll just write everything, you just talk. Like, we literally just need you to use your English voice to talk and we'll do all the work, Um, which was really handy for me because it meant more nap time for Will. Um, I, uh... Biggest success out there was getting a bunch of kids to recite the music from Alice in Wonderland. I don't know if you guys know this, like, Disney will let you buy, like, musicals to have students do for, like, really cheap. And so, one of the teachers at a school I was at had the idea, like, let's get them to do a musical. That would be a great way for them to learn English. and it was actually. Those, those kids made me proud. And they're a bunch of fifth graders. I, hey, none of us could sing a musical in Japanese. Alright, I'm just going to say that right now. So the fact that they were able to sing Alice in Wonderland was pretty damn impressive. Um, I got lucky uh, leaving one of uh, the first public school I taught at. The big Tohoku earthquake happened. And so I didn't have to show up for like two weeks and then my contract was up, uh, which was pretty sweet because I didn't have anything planned for like the last week of school. Um, <laughs> and uh And then I went and I taught this place GABA, which is like one-on-one lessons, and I have really bad anxiety. And so, like, being one-on-one with a Japanese person, trying to get them to understand the things that I'm saying, because they don't want you to really have conversations with people so much as just talk at them in the hopes that they will pick up enough language to feel like they've learned English. Um... (laughs) And so I often would have like really bad panic attacks um, in these lessons with people. And I always, I kind of felt like maybe that's actually a good thing because it's kind of giving them a real unique experience of like how to talk to somebody, (laughs) of like how to kind of like talk, because they were having to learn how to talk me down while I'm like hyperventilating in the room with them, uh, which I feel like not every teacher can offer that, you know? I mean, that's a pretty unique thing. Um, So then I came back to the States uh, in 2012 and I started substitute teaching because I taught English in Japan. I can substitute teach in Leo public school systems. Um, So I I taught in Albuquerque, and uh, that was interesting. So in in Japan, like I said, they made me read this big form, this big packet that said, don't sleep with students. Um, In Albuquerque, I had to take a test to become a substitute, and the test had this beautiful question. um, When is it okay to touch a child? (laughs) That is a real question that you have to answer. Yeah, it's, it's multiple choice. It's multiple choice. <laughs> this, is, this is Albuquerque. So if, if it's open-ended, you don't know what you're going to get. It's multiple choice. And uh, here are the answers. Okay, because I know you're all dying to know. Um, the answers were A, never, B, if the child's life is in immediate danger, or C, only when you're alone with the child. <laughs> yeah. I swear to God, I had to take this. I had to answer that question. And here's the kicker. You only needed a 70% to pass. So you can get that question wrong and still be a substitute teacher in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, yeah, it was right. And so when I was in Albuquerque, like I actually kind of got it into my head, like you know what? Now I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm back in my home country. I can speak to these kids in their language. Maybe I can really kind of like inspire them. I could be that cool substitute who like came in that one day and changed everybody's lives, because <laughs> that happens in movies. <laughs> um, and, uh, so I really like wanted to try hard and, um, you know, I would sign up for like every single kind of uh, subject cause like, you know, they, it was a website and it would tell you kind of like what they need teachers for and you can just kind of tell them what your preferences are. You know, if you're like a sex ed or an English teacher or whatever, you know, you can sign up just for that. And I just signed up for everything and I would, I would go and they'd be like, Oh, what are you teaching today? Math. Oh, you're a math teacher. No, like I, I do stand up and I, I taught English in Japan, but you're teaching math today. Oh, you must have some math background. You're qualified for this, right? No, I'm not qualified for any of this, but I'm here and I care deeply about these kids. Um, that was another situation where I had these kids come up to me once. Uh, and I, I really did try. I would, I would always wear, like, slacks and a button-up shirt and a tie. And I would try and be very respectable around the kids. I would never swear or, like, lose my temper or anything. And, you know, I would really try hard to stay awake at my desk while they were doing busy work. Um, and I, I had this kid come up to me once. They're like, man, Mr. Bull, you're so much better than our last teacher. He always just reeked of pot and would, like, tell us about how taxation is stealing from the American people. And, like... <laughs> And we're so glad you're not like that. And I'm like, and he, oh, and he wore sweatpants every day. And I was like, man, I'm trying so hard um, to, you know, be good to these kids. And I don't need to because apparently no one cares. Um, I, uh, I, I kind of started to find my way out of uh, substituting one. Anyone, has anyone in here been a substitute? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Sorry, you've opened the whole thing. Um, not high right now, I swear. I'm totally high right now. Um, being associated, wages for substitute teachers has not gone up since like 1990 or something like that. Um, and in San Francisco, it's like particularly bad. And it's been that way since 1991, I think, or something like that. And Albuquerque is the same. It's like 74, I think, a day. 74.29 or something. Cost of living's way less. My my rent was 400 bucks oh. for a huge one bedroom with utilities. Wow. Yeah is way cheaper there, but still it's 74 bucks a day, and it hasn't changed in like 20 years. Um, so, you know, it wasn't a whole lot of money, and I was being put in some, Albuquerque's the lowest for education, we're one of the poorest states, and there are some pretty rough schools out there, and especially being a gringo like myself, um, sometimes I got picked on, uh, and I, I went to this one school in a particularly bad part of town on the west side, and um, I was clean shaven, and you know, all dressed up and everything, and I got stopped by a security guard on my way in and he looked at me and he was kind of confused and he said, are you you a substitute or a new student? And I was like, that's bad, because I know it happens to new students. Because I've been a new student before, right? They get beat up. And it's fine, if you're 16 years old and you get your ass kicked, right? You go home and your parents are like, hey bucko, it'll be all right cuz you're almost out of high school and you'll go to college and do drugs and have sex and life will get so much better for you from here on out. Don't don't worry about this. That guy's a loser. But then when you're like 29 and you get beat up by a 17-year-old kid who's twice your size. Like there's no one there to like tell you it's going to be okay. Like I just would have to go home to my cat and like cry by myself and I was kind of like ah, maybe teaching just isn't for me I, I, I don't think I had the heart for it. but I do applaud teachers. I think everybody should partake in some sort of teaching in their lifetime because it's very important work and you you have I have so much respect for our real teachers who you know do the work every day and um, so thank you guys in the audience who are real teachers. Thank you for your service. Um, I think this guy's just like, oh yeah, whatever Give me more money I would like to be able to afford to live and teach Can you do something for me here? Um, I can't But anyways, thank you guys for listening to me talk My name is Will Bolt And thanks Pam
1: William Cameron Bolt All the way from Japan Teaching here now uh, what, was the food weird over there? I loved it. You loved it? You well, were fine? I lived in Tokyo for a part of it, is, they have everything. Oh, okay. There's literally anything And the, everyone's on top of each other. Did you live in a coffin? I did, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was very small. Yeah, I've, I've heard about Japan, like, that you could actually stay in, like, a coffin. Like, you just yeah, zoop, zoop, and you sleep, and I, what? <laughs> what? I don't know there's a thing called fear factor they put people <laughs> in tiny boxes for like money but you're paying money to be fight your fears of death every moment. J-op Japan, yeah. <laughs> Yay! I guess that's what happens when like you go through like nuclear war or whatever you sort of have a different concept of life and death. Your next comedian uh, actually actually he looks like Jesus, so that's how we're going to bridge that together. He actually is in control of life and death. You're going to love him right now, everybody. Jordan Zermanera!
5: Thank you so much. Love to be here. I don't get to talk about this a whole lot uh, because I haven't really worked it out, so this could be fun for all of us. Uh... I not only do stand-up comedy, I'm also a cartoonist, uh which qualifies me to teach small children art apparently. Uh I I once every summer for the past 3 years uh get to teach kids at a Catholic school uh how to not kill themselves with art supplies. That's basically It's basically all it is. Don't eat that. Uh that is that is paint. Don't <laughs> That's not lunch. That is not the snack we have provided for you today. Do not eat that. Uh, Don't use scissors that look like they're bigger than you. Those are for the big kids. Uh, We use those ones. I do it uh, not because I'm actually qualified to teach. Uh, My roommate's brother uh, just has the authority to hire anybody for the summer art camp that can pass the I don't touch kids test. So good news. Also, uh, a word about the I don't touch kids test. Really invasive. Didn't like it. Uh... You know, like, I get if you just look up someone's name and then you were like, oh, yeah, they're a felon or whatever. But I, like, started out, you guys have done this, the people that have, have teached in here, you know, the, what are they <laughs> teach? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I'm a genius, too. I know. Children. Uh, you have to, like, What is that... St- called. It's called like a... It's some kind of test where you... Not even a test. It's just a a background check, but it's something specific. You have to fingerprint, but it's like the whole... Live scan. Live scan. That's what it is. I was weirded out by it because they, you know, like, okay, cool, you get each one of my finger, but then they made me put my whole fucking hand on there. I was like, man, I just had to pay $80 and never be able to murder someone. That's fucking not cool. I get that, you know, you're trying to find out if I'm cool to be around kids or not, but adults sometimes deserve to die. Uh, somebody teached me that. Uh, I am also stoned. Uh, thank you for s- paving the way for all of us. Uh, <laughs> no, it's it's a lot of fun to do. Uh, I really do enjoy it. Uh, there's been a number of things that have happened over the past three summers that I would love to share with you. Uh, the la- The most recent summer art camp that we did. Uh, there's this little kid named Max. Uh, I'd never met him before. He was the youngest. All these kids, they range from like, he was the youngest kid that I've worked with. He was six years old. And then it goes all the way up to like kids in like seventh grade. So, uh, the age range like fluctuates there, but this little kid that I've never worked with in the previous two summers, uh, the first day I've been there for 30 minutes. And it's eight you know it's eight thirty in the morning at this point, and he comes up to me, he's a cute little dude, and he says, "I love you." and I was like, "That's weird, you know like <laughs> I don't know your name you know he's like, "I'm Max." I was like, "Cool, thank you." Uh, and then he says, "I want to marry you." And I was like, "We are in San Francisco public schools right now. This is a real thing like <laughs> That's cool. I feel like I can't make him feel uncomfortable about wanting to marry me. But I'm like, dude, you're only six. I'm not a great dude. You need to shop around for a little while. (laughs) That is a really aggressive stance that you have on wanting to marry me out of all the dudes that you know. I mean, I feel like maybe even marrying your dad might be a better choice. (laughs) just very strange and then I was like you know he. then he said I want to marry your teeth I don't know if you guys can tell or not but I have bad teeth okay so not only he's he good he's he's bad at like selecting people to marry he's also doesn't know anything about dental care <laughs> and I just don't feel like he's ready to get married at this point uh, and and then he said and then he says follows up Mind you, this is the first interaction I've had with this child. Then he goes, I want to marry your genes. And I looked at my pants and I was like, all right, this kid's just being silly. All right, that's cool. You want to marry me? You want to marry my teeth? You want to marry my jeans? Why don't you get out of here? you know? And then I was like, what if he was like, he wants to marry my genes, like my genetics? And I was getting scared. <laughs> I was like, is this a six-year-old serial killer or is it just me? Uh, it was very frightening. I, I, I tried to avoid eye contact with Max for the rest of the two weeks, um, which was hard because he I think he really loves me, guys. Uh, other, other instances, like little, little girls that age are very kind people. One came up to me uh, in the second art camp that I ever did. She's very sweet. She said, Mr. Jordan, your hair looks just like mine. I said, oh, honey, don't flatter yourself. Uh, tell your mom to brush that shit. Uh, so, please brush your children's hair. Uh, it is integral to having a kempt-looking being running around in front of irresponsible people. Uh, little boys that age, worst people I've ever encountered. Uh, eight-year-old boy, probably the worst invention a man has ever created. Uh, I used to deal with this crybaby like every single day. Uh, his name is Parker. Imagine that. <laughs> and he would come up to me uh, and he would always say things like, Every time we go outside,
6: nobody wants to play with me. I don't know
5: why. And I don't know what to do with that. You know, like... <laughs> The best thing that I can do for that child is to reflect my own feelings back at him uh, with the same voice. So I would say, uh, every time I go on
7: stage, nobody wants to pay for me. (laughs)
5: And And then he's just confused by adult problems. And you can move on with the lesson. Uh, If you haven't confused a small child recently, I recommend it highly. It is actually one of the most fun things you can do with a small child. (laughs) It does make you feel smart. There aren't people around to correct your grammar. Uh, (laughs) They have not yet learned to read. That's really fun, you you can get away with saying words that don't exist, and it's fine. I remember the first day I did that, like, I I didn't really know what to expect. Like, I've I've babysat, you know, one, two, three kids at a time in different occasions, uh, but I'd never been around, like, 24 small children. And that was a situation where I felt like I was a little in over my head. And uh, to be honest with you, uh, hosting stand-up comedy shows was uh, something that helped me control an audience of unruly children because they're very similar to a group of drunk disinterested adults. (laughs) So I would use like hosting tactics to get the attention of children up front. And I knew that what I needed to do uh, was neutralize the child that most reminded me of myself at that age. (laughs) And he was a little kid in the back, you know, cursing and stealing things, thinking he was being very sly. Uh, and, uh, so that was the kid that I was, I needed to focus on and I got them all riled up. I was like,
8: y'all ready to make some
5: art? And all these little kids are like, yeah, y'all ready to color outside the lines? And they're like, yeah. And then I looked right at him and I was like, y'all ready to make a mess? And he said, fuck yeah. <laughs> I said, principal's office, uh, not dealing with you. And that's how you get rid of them. Uh, and then you start the fun, you get it going. The last, uh, the last camp that we did, uh, I was wearing these shoes. You might notice that there is a considerable amount of blue dye on them. Uh, we were tie dyeing t-shirts. It was three days until the camp was over. I had not purchased a new pair of shoes in almost three years. And for some reason I was like, oh yeah, I'll wear these shoes that I kind of like and have recently purchased. And I got all the way to three days left. Uh, there were some kids that three children that had not, uh, tie dyed their shirts yet. They were gone on tie dye day. Right? So the day after that, we were going on our field trip and everybody was supposed to be wearing their tie dyed shirts. So the three kids that didn't, we had to do like a quick rush job. And the guy that I was working with, he was like, can you take care of these three kids and do the tie dye exercise? I said, yeah, sure. No big deal. I have no clue how I got through 20 other children and didn't get any dye on anything that I had had been wearing for that activity. Uh, but first kid out of the gate, very nice young girl named Laura. Uh, she was, she was kind, she was sweet, but I was like half assing it and just like ready to get, collect my check and be done with these children. You know, at the end of two weeks, I'm just like, I do this once a year. This is really hard for me because This camp starts at 8. I wake up at noon. You know, this is not, I'm not in my element really, nor am I qualified to be doing any of this in the first place. And uh, I, got, I got outside with Laura. We decided on what color she was going to use for the first section. And uh, we're in a makeshift place. Last time we had a table set up. There was a tarp and everything. We set it up outside the door and it was just a chair and it was really like bad. You know, it was like it wasn't set up well. And I'm like squatting in front of this kid and she's like about to dye the stuff. And then she's like, what do I do? I was just like, just let her rip. And she just let it rip like right all over my shoes. And she just starts laughing hysterically, which is the, the appropriate response for a child to do at this point. Like, oh, man, those shoes look, looked fresh. Those were, those were looking good a second ago, and now they don't. I think this is hilarious. I don't know what things cost. Uh, and so she starts laughing, and I walk inside, and I'm fucking livid. You know, like I'm trying not. I, it's not her fault. I told her to let it rip. She let it rip. She did the right thing. Uh, I was the idiot in that scenario and then I walked inside and the guy that I, you know, he's my roommate. He got me the job. I have a face that says I'm not happy. He's like, dude, what's going on? And I just looked down. He was like, ah, oh. cause he knows how poor I am. Like I'm the one who's like, Hey, you going to borrow a hundred bucks this month to I'll pay you back in a couple weeks. And he knows I can't afford new shoes and I can't, that was months ago and I'm still wearing these blue dyed shoes It's not a thing that I have in the budget. I can't replace it. I'm actually worried about wearing this shirt. I've never... I haven't worn a white T-shirt in a long time. I also haven't worn deodorant in God knows how long. Uh, This will also be dyed a different color by the end of this set. It's sad, you know, because I like this shirt. I think it looks cool, but uh, it's... Things are just things, guys. Uh, Somebody teached me that. Um... (laughs) So stupid. Uh, what else? Anything about those other kids? I don't know if I can think about anything. I, I don't know if I remember anything. That was all—all all from memory. There were about two jokes in there, and then just a bunch of stories about those weird little kids. I don't think there's anything else worth telling you. Oh shit! Uh, last one. <laughs> The last one, this was great. There's this kid I worked with him two summers in a row. His name is Amade. And uh, he was, like, a really rambunctious child, but, like, super fun. Never interested in anything, like, like staying on task. We took these kids out to, uh, what do they call that place? Uh, the Academy of Sciences. Was that, was that What's the children-oriented one in Exploratorium? We took them over to the Exploratorium. I don't remember. I was stoned. Teaching children art. A great job to get stoned before you go to do. It is so easy. They're like, man, this guy is really creative. (laughs) I would have never thought to do that with magazine clippings. And I was like, I didn't either until I was inspired by weed. We took him out to the Exploratorium, and uh, we were having fun, and then they had this little open park area where you can go have lunch, right? And we were out there having lunch. Uh, Only one child uh, on my watch that whole two weeks broke his arm, uh, (laughs) fell out of a tree. Uh, It was like the whole... And it was bad, too, because this kid is a bad kid. Like, he's a bad guy. Not a bad guy, like... A shitty person, just, like, he didn't he didn't give a fuck. And he was just playing. He was having fun. We told him to stay out of the tree. He didn't stay out of the tree. He fell out of the tree. He hurt himself. But he's also, like, an exaggerating child. So I was like, he didn't break his arm. He's just crying, you know. And then he's like, oh, I think I broke it. I think I broke it. And then he would stop crying for, like, 15 minutes. And you're like, he didn't break his arm. He'd still be crying if he broke his arm. And then the fucking the fire department comes. There's fucking six... Paramedics there. It's just over the top. We look like irresponsible people. There's like four of us like, you know, supposed to be watching these children and somebody broke their arm. What the hell was everybody is like looking at their phone and not paying attention to these children and one falls out of a tree. And so like the whole thing, it was just funny to to because we were all like, he's totally just fucking He's eating up this attention. He loves attention, right? He didn't break his arm. Next day, come back. He's not coming back to camp, right? He's allegedly not coming back to camp. And I was like, I bet you he didn't break his arm. He's like, yeah, he didn't break his arm. Paramedics had said, like, I don't think, he, it's pretty sure he didn't break it, but we're going to take him the x-ray anyway. Uh, two days later, 8 o'clock in the morning, he's got a cast on his arm. He's back with us. And uh, he fucking broke his arm. We all feel like shit about it. But then he immediately goes to doing things that you break your arm doing. It did not, he didn't learn anything. We were like, dude, stay off of that giant stack of chairs and tables. And he's like, nah, I'm good. I've got another arm to break today. Uh, Anyway, all right, that's it. Fine, thank you.
1: Art educator Jordan Sermonera. Oh, that's exciting. I used to teach back in the day when we had quiet rooms and quiet room doors. You have things like that in their special ed schools. You could close a door, and when a child was being really bad, like when they were bad, like you said they were bad, they this you could shut the door on them and just. This one kid, he was being really bad, and he was he threw things. He was being really violent or whatever, but he was a dick, right? And so, Previn is my big black burly guy standing by the door. And his name was Lee. Lee's in there. He's getting all angry. He's all pissed off. And so Previn says, you have to calm down. You have to calm down. You have to calm down. So he, he says, yeah, I'm calm. Okay. And he pushes open the door. And then the kid has his dick out and he pees all over Previn's hand and his leg and all this stuff. Right. So then Previn restrains him in his own pee. Well, Lee did not like this at all. So now he's in a room and he takes off his sock. And he takes a shit on his sock and he puts it on the window. Because this is back when they had doors, right? Because now it's illegal. You can't have doors on quiet room doors. And, and the poo is just sliding down. <laughs> I know I worked in a group home at group home education setting. It was, I mean, every day was like, Wah! you know, it would be like, who do I get to hide under a desk with today? Like it was seriously like those were the most fun days when a kid would really lose it and cry. And they'd just get under the desk and they'd be like, everyone's got to get out of here. Turn the lights off. Bam! Get under the t- <laughs> so like we'd all we'd love the attention right, but it was he was a very sick child. Anyways, there was another kid. Okay, I'll bring up your next Skydex, next, but I'll just tell us one more thing. Where's this this other? And actually, it was the same kid. He talked in his sleep, so that's how we figured it out. He used to always act out on days where I was wearing a skirt. And he'd wait until the two other aides were out of the classroom and then he'd spit on another kid or he'd rip a book or he'd throw it at someone's head. So I had to restrain him, but he'd only do it on days when I was wearing a skirt. <laughs> Junior high boys, fucking intelligent motherfuckers, right? I know. Ooh. Smart kid. Yeah, I shouldn't. They shouldn't have let me wear skirts. And someone should have told me not to wear skirts as like a 21 year old teacher. They should have been like teaching junior high boys always wear a sackcloth or like a paper bag and like something sewn together, duct tapes somewhere. Some you Your next comedian. He's all the way from L.A. <gasps> and he brought his own entourage. I'm so excited. We have no idea what's going to happen. Clap your hands wildly, everybody, for Matt Shipway.
9: Thank you. I'm actually not a teacher or educator of any kind. Uh, I didn't even finish college, either of the times that I went. Um, I'm just here to fuck up the flow of the whole show, so here we go. Uh, So as Pam mentioned, I'm from LA. I just actually flew in from LA. Boy, my arm's tired from furiously masturbating on the plane. So I've been told that I need to connect more with my audience, so I'm going to try and do that right now. Um, I'm going to say part of a phrase, and I'd appreciate it if you guys could finish it for me, okay? Uh, so first phrase is, an apple a day... Uh, no, it actually makes my gums bleed. Uh, the best part of waking up... You are correct, yeah. Going back to sleep. And I know that because I have a, I have a very comfortable bed and a crippling depression. They say that blank is the best medicine. What is the best medicine? They say laughter is the best medicine. That's incorrect. Uh, Medicine is actually the best medicine. Uh, And I know that because I watched my friend trip and fall on his shoulder and then I laughed at him a whole bunch but we still had to call an ambulance. Uh, They say that you catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. But who's trying to catch more flies? What are you, frog? Get out of here, frog. Go get me some more vinegar. If the phrase close enough only applies to horseshoes and hand grenades, then the phrase better late than never should also apply to periods and pregnancy scares. Thank you. I actually got in trouble recently. Uh, I took my first mug shot. Um, I think I'll just stick to regular shot glasses for now on. Thank you. Hey man, fuck the police, right? Only if it's consensual. Thank you. So a lot of guys, like when they see like a hot girl, like, oh, I want to fuck the shit out of her. I'm not like that. I I don't want to fuck the shit out of anything. It's just, it sounds very messy. Thank you. Uh, I faked faked an orgasm for the first time the other day, and I'm pretty sure I got away with it. I was by myself (laughs) and running late. Had an appointment. I'm actually, I'm a serial monogamist. I've only eaten count count chocolate for a little. Ever. I fucked that joke up. Doesn't matter. Next joke. Uh, you ever suck in your gut when you step on a scale? Doesn't work. Uh, you ever thought that you had to fart but ended up drunk dialing your ex instead? It's crazy. Uh, so, the last girl I was seeing uh, actually dumped me through text, which is kind of fucked up, in my opinion. She sent me a text saying, hey, how's it going, smiley face? I'm like, oh, this is is going to be a great conversation. You know, it's it's starting off to to a great, and then she just dumped me. She just said, I just want to let you know, met somebody else, and uh, I'm going to see how things are going with them instead. Sad face. (laughs) And uh, in honor of that, I recently named my penis the Great Depression, and my balls are the grapes of wrath. Thank you. So I've actually I've been clean for a little over a year now. And the most important thing to remember about staying clean is to uh, take a shower every day. <laughs> Thank you. Um, anybody into CrossFit? Nobody ever is. Um, <laughs> I actually, I learned a very uh, interesting fact about CrossFit. Uh, Jesus is actually the originator of it. Oh. Jesus? Oh. Oh. <laughs> So uh, if, if a Jewish couple has a bunch of kids, is that called a hebrew <laughs> I think it should be. I get mistaken a lot for being gay, but I have to explain to people, you know, I'm not gay, I'm just Jewish, because there's so many comparisons between the two of us. Uh, we're both born that way, we're both prone to wearing tiny hats, and we both don't recognize Palestine as a state in Israel. <laughs> so homophobes are so afraid... Of gay people that they actually go out and they protest in the streets with signs, with ridiculous signs. And I think it would be pretty interesting if more rational people went out and did the same thing, but with more regular fears, like oh, spiders burn in hell, or God hates dentists, or mothers against the clown from It. I don't know. When I was younger, I used to think that LGBT stood for Let's Get Busy Tonight. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, that's a community I can get behind. Guys, remember, we're all having a good time laughing, but there's no LOL and HIV. But in Roman numerals, it does mean high five, so you can take it however you want. Thank you. Uh, Here's here's a game that I like to play. It's called Name a Movie that John Travolta Hasn't Danced In. You guys want to play? Okay. Uh, Name a movie that John Travolta Hasn't Danced In. You are correct, yes. The the correct answer is actually any movie that John Travolta hasn't been in because he has danced in every single movie that he has been in. All right. Uh, It was The Dance of Death, I believe it was. (laughs) We'll do that tomorrow. Um, I'm going to try some characters for you guys. I hope you like them. Uh, This first character is called The Backwards Progressive Redneck Philosopher. Backwards progressive, redneck philosopher. <clears throat> you know, NASCAR would be a lot more interesting if let more women and Asians drive. <laughs> Thank you. Next character is called the horse whisperer. <clears throat> the horse whisperer. Can I get a lozenge, please? <laughs> Thank you. All right, that's it with characters. Um, my computer crashed the other day. I should have taken its keys away let that one sink in. Soft taco, more like lazy burrito, am I right? (laughs) You know, the more that I think about it, the more I realize that Flava Flav might be a Pokemon. My my uncle had narcolepsy and sleep apnea. I don't really have a joke for that. I just think it's an interesting combination of things they have wrong with you. So a lot of comics, when they come on stage, they say, make some noise. But they never say what noise to make. Everybody just kind of knows to go, woo. But I'm in the back going, (laughs) yeah. And people are looking at me like I'm the asshole. When I was a kid, my dad had an open-door policy on taking shits. So as I mentioned earlier, I am Jewish. Uh, my father's Catholic. My mother's Jewish, uh, which makes me the avatar of shame. <laughs> my first words were, I'm sorry? Uh, I'm actually, I'm half Jewish, so at least 50% of these jokes will be funny. I think it sounds about right, yeah. Uh, my mother's maiden name was Berg. Berg, yeah. That's what you add on to last names to make them sound Jewier. It's Goldberg, Gutenberg. Wahlberg. I don't know if he's a Jew or not. Uh, they actually thought that the iceberg that sank the Titanic was Jewish for a while. But we uh, got that taken care of. I want to start... Oh, no, actually, I, I want to create an all-Jewish porno and call it Synagag. <laughs> Just be all asses and noses. Most annoying porn ever. Uh, so, <laughs> Jews, we have, a, we have a holiday called Yom Kippur, which is the Day of Forgiveness. Um, so you're not supposed to work, you're not supposed to cook, you're not supposed to have sex. So I've basically been living Yom Kippur for the last two months of my life. <laughs> Thank you. So a lot of comments, well not really comics, like other people, like when, they, when they're thinking about trying to stand up or, or being a musician, they always ask advice, like, how, how are you not scared? How can you do that? And I, I always just say, you know, just imagine that the audience is full of ghosts. Yes, in case you get booed, that's that's the punchline right there. Actually, I did that joke last time I was up here and the entire room booed me. And it was in that moment that I realized I am terrified of ghosts. (sighs) All right, so you guys like impressions? Yeah, me too. All right, somebody name a celebrity. That is a celebrity. Those are both celebrities. Good job. No, no, I'm not. Uh, I recently rode the subway for the first time. Uh, I feel like they should just rename them Fart Coffins. As a parent, you, uh, you want your kid to have everything that you never had growing up. And I'm, I'm no different. So I made sure to give my child the one thing that I never had, uh, which is abuse. Beat my child every night, just so he knows that I love him. My uh, my girlfriend's cat just died, that means I won't be seeing any pussy for a while. Thank you. I feel like vegans that are uh, pro-choice should have to eat eggs. <laughs> I feel like we we need better racial filters for white people, because I don't I don't feel like crackers cutting it. Um, I've been working on it; they're not very good, but I'm thinking maybe a Jamba juicer. Uh, Pokemon trainer. Um, I don't know something about gluten. White <laughs> um, white people hate gluten, I guess. Um, you know the reason I don't read books is because I don't want to ruin it for myself in case a movie ever comes out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Terrible. Uh, do you guys know why the McRib is only available a certain time of year? No, it's because fuck you. That's why the McDonald's. They do what they want i'm sorry not uh, i didn't really mean like fuck you i was just part of the joke um <laughs> you ever been too sad to masturbate me neither um yeah i think i'm done <laughs> so thank you guys my name is matt shipway have a good night
1: matt shipway everyone yeah are you guys ready for your headliner She's a hilarious lady. I love your new haircut, too, by the way. It's really cute. Uh, she's an educator, a past educator. She's going to make you laugh. Everybody, Kimberly Rose wins.
10: Shit, Pam, I didn't know I was headlining. Here we are. Uh, happy Friday, guys. Friday's my favorite day to do drugs. It really is. I think I do drugs, right? I mean, do acid a trip. We, weed's legal now. Do that. Uh, don't do meth, guys. I did meth once for, like, two years straight. Just, I don't recommend it. When I first started doing meth, I thought I was doing some really important work for the government. (laughs) Turns out I was just bagging groceries at Whole Foods. Uh, If you've never bagged groceries on meth, it's just really aggressive Tetris. Like, you have to put the milk on the bottom and then the eggs and the the bananas always fucked me up. You know what I mean? Like, how do you get that right? I don't know. Um, But now I teach preschool. It's a joy, it really is. Um, Except the kids have questions for me all the time, like, uh, Miss Kim, why are you always late? Miss Kim, why don't you brush your hair? Miss Kim, what happened to your car? I have to be like, you know what, guys? If you don't pay your parking tickets, they just take that car away. It's on timeout forever, forever. Um, I really like just making up new rules. Like today in class, uh, I made up the rule that only teachers get to sit on desks I was like, you don't get to sit on the table, I'm sitting on the table, you know? They don't pay me enough to care, they don't. Um, yeah, the world kinda sucks right now, you know what I mean, like it really does. And then you go into a classroom and you're like, mm, even here, it sucks. <laughs> It's really hard to get stoked on wheels on the bus. You're like, oh, fucking Trump, woo, yay. No, we have a good time, we have a really good time. I I recently uh, decided to go back to school and um, then DeVos was put in charge of education and now I feel like maybe my job isn't gonna be real before I finish grad school, like I don't know. like, is this worth it? Should I study? Probably should just get high, right? Yeah, that's fine. Um, And it's, I don't know, it's weird, like, because I've been doing comedy for a while, and I was always like, yeah, I want to be a comedian. I'm going to be funny. I'm going to be on stage, you know? And now uh, that seems like a better plan than teaching. (laughs) Like, it's actually like this could go somewhere. Teaching, I don't know, just, whoo, just downhill. Budget cuts. I don't know. Like, the whole world's gonna blow up anyway, so, like, what does it matter? But, like, I should know. I should have, like, maybe a two-year plan, three-year plan, maybe. I don't know. Preschool forever. I like it because uh, no matter how much I didn't sleep, I can always remember the alphabet. Like, so that's fine for teaching. Also, I know what a circle is. It's different than a square. Triangle's a whole different shape, you know? Plato's delicious. They tell, I'm not supposed to let him eat it, but it's, have you tried it? It's not bad. It's not, when you're in a pinch, you know, it's a little. Um, what? So, uh, I like I like the kids a lot, but the parents, I don't, I don't know, I don't like them. Um, I hope they're all listening right now. This, this is recorded? Yeah, this is good for my teaching career. This is perfect. Um, no, parents are just a drag, man, like, and, I swear there's like a correlation, like I don't do math, but there's a correlation between like how much money you have and how many weird allergies your kid has. Like it's a direct correlation. I don't know, like, I mean, gluten intolerance is real. Like some people, like you, that's actually a thing that people can have. But then there's like, mm, gluten intolerance, you know what I mean? And uh, I'm like, mm, I'm sorry. I let your kid eat goldfish whenever he wants. Um, yeah, like one of the moms, she's you know she's telling me about how their whole family is just allergic to gluten and peanuts and strawberries. I just want to make her a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you know, just stab her with her own kid's EpiPen. Like, does it have to be the leg? Can it be teacher's choice? I don't know. I'm not even gonna wait for her to swell up. I'm just gonna stab her. <laughs> And, you know, if she was allergic, then I saved her life. (laughs) And if she wasn't, I stabbed her. (laughs) It's a win-win just across the board. Uh, I didn't say I was a good person, I just said I was a teacher. Uh, yeah, yeah, they already started, like, cutting the budget. There's already, like, billions of dollars gone, and charter schools might be a thing. Like, I don't know. I feel like maybe, maybe me and Pam should have started our own school, you know? Uh, that quiet room sounds real good to me. Can I <laughs> hop in there for a while? Just shut the door. Yeah. I don't. I'm sorry that I corrected your grammar, Jesus. Stop looking at me. <laughs> I'm just just kidding it's fine it's fine yeah I don't know I don't the kids uh, like when I read them stories because I do these weird voices and I get all crazy and I just like that's the only fun thing everything else no that's a lot of fun we play tag a lot they think it's um this new kid thinks it's hilarious to just run away from me whenever I tell him to do anything he's a treat Surprisingly, I can run faster than a four-year-old. <laughs> I, I don't think that that's going to be true forever, but I got it. Now still, yeah, I worry when I get older, like, what I'm going to do, because I've been doing this preschool thing for, like, 10 years. And it's one thing to be, like, in your 20s and partying too much and crawling around on the floor and looking after kids, but then you turn 30, and one day you realize you're 34. And it's Friday and you're crawling around on the floor and it's, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think I can do this at 50. Like I'm gonna have to have some other plan or we're gonna blow up either way. Like, I don't know. Maybe I don't have a plan. Maybe I don't. (sighs) Um, Let's talk about other stuff. Work is fucking depressing me. So I uh, recently got out of a long-term relationship. That was kind of terrible. Okay, it was like a year ago. Um, but that was the longest relationship I've ever been in, right? Like it was three years long. Like I had, three years seemed really long to me. And um, she was great. Yes, she, if you couldn't tell by the haircut, she was fantastic. Um, we just, we were terrible for each other. Like I loved her, but we were terrible for each other. And, um, and so then I spent like a while just being single and like pretty sad. Um, <laughs> then I combed those crumbs right out of my hair and I went to therapy and she had a lot of great advice for me, that therapist. Um, she said, uh, Kimberly, you really just need to get in touch with your um, inner child and just listen to her and I think you can really figure out what you want in life. But what I thought she said was, um, Kimberly, now is a great time to explore polyamory. So that's what I did. Uh Turns out dudes it's easier for me to date a bunch of dudes than to date more than one lesbian. You guys know how true it is. Ah! High five. Yeah, both? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're in a club now. We have a gang. We just high-fived about it. Um Yeah. So Doing a bunch of dudes, right? And it just yes, I said doing a bunch of dudes. I like I like butt stuff. I like both giving and receiving the butt stuff. It's quite pleasant. Um, you're right, more than spit for sure, for sure, for sure, more than spit. Um, but so there I am, you know, just my dodos got hoes in all kinds of area codes. You know what I mean, <laughs> right? So many holes. Um and then I get this uh I get this amazing like message online on Tinder from this person that was like it was like sweet ass sixty nine or something like that. Something about butt stuff. I don't remember exactly what it was. But I just started chatting with her and it turns out her name was Kim and my name was Kim. And we both like butt stuff. We had so much in common. And um So we're just like texting, sexting, you know, having a great time. And then she suddenly just like dropped off the face of the earth. I was like, "Uh, Kim, hello, what happened? She was like, oh, I lost my job and moved back to New York. And I was like, oh, that's a pretty Kim thing to do. I totally, I get it. That's fine. Um, Should I talk more about preschool? Yeah, probably. So, uh, today, today at preschool, um, we decided that we were going to paint on this big piece of paper. Well, I decided that we should all paint because there was like just one piece of paper left and I was like, I don't really want to prep anything. Let's put that on the table. We'll all just use it together. Um, and so we put the wheels on the bus song on and we started singing wheels on the bus and we're just all painting And then all of a sudden, this kid just walks up to me and goes Just his entire hands are just covered with paint, just like all the way down my leg. And like a moment like that happens like just about every day that I work, where you're just like, what the fuck? (laughs) That was really loud, Pam. What the fuck? (laughs) Did you text them back and say that you're busy, that you're very busy, that there's a hilarious comedian on stage right now and she's blowing your mind and you just can't even? Blowing my mind, can't even. Thank you. Is it done now? Did you turn it down now? Let's all wait for Pam. Don't worry, Pam. Everything's fine, Pam. This is what it's like to be one of my kids. Is it weird? (laughs) We just, we don't have timeouts. We just have public shaming. It's fine. I just make them sit there and we just all say what we don't like. I'm just, I would never shame you. Thank you for having me here. I love you. It's fine. We're all fine. It's okay. Um, I didn't really prepare more than 10 minutes because I didn't know I was headlining. So should I just keep talking? (laughs) Can I get my notebook over there? I got it. <laughs> I got some orange slices. Anybody want some orange slices? Nope. There's a sandwich. Live radio. Right, guys? Am I right? Live radio. What? What? oh man
3: this is the wrong notebook that's cool
10: (laughs) I was like pretend play is that a sex joke or is that a work thing I can't tell Uh, (laughs) some of these right right yeah they're in the club they know (laughs) it's fine Yeah, I know, right? Like, what do you even put on your profile? Like, yes, I look like a lesbian, but I will do dudes, but mostly butt stuff, but pretty open. You know what I mean? Actually, it's not that hard. Just bragging about sex now, guys. (laughs) It's fine. I'm just gonna stand up here and say anything. You guys are at my mercy, that's right. Is that a, a Ghostbusters gun? It is. I thought I was afraid of ghosts, but then I was like, nope, we got that gun. We're fine. You know, if we did, like if there was suddenly uh, like one of those bomb things, I think we'd be fine. This place looks pretty good. I think we could camp out here. It's got water. <laughs> it's got water. Yeah. And if you sit right there, you can hear everyone peering, peeing all night. I didn't know that guy left. He left, I think. But I don't think he washed his hands, and then I think I touched the doorknob after him and then ate one of my orange slices, and I feel like his penis germs are in my mouth right now, and it feels disgusting. I wish I knew what his name was because I would say it on the radio right now, but I don't know his name. He just, he left. What? No, not that guy. Not Jesus. It wasn't Jesus. No. Uh, I just, Jesus doesn't know grammar. That, that was I corrected his grammar. I said taught because he said teached. Uh, That was Jordan, who doesn't know (laughs) grammar. But no, somebody else peed on the door, Uh, or peed on their hand and then touched the door, or at least like shook it off and then opened the door. I don't. He maybe never touched and then touched. I probably. I maybe. (laughs) You're a sex worker. Yeah, but you don't actually touch the pee, like you. I don't, okay, I don't <laughs> I don't actually have a penis, but from what I've seen of people peeing is you touch the whole shaft and pee, and then shake it off a little, and then tuck it back into whatever underwear you want, maybe boxers, maybe briefs, maybe boxer briefs, you're a little crazy, and then you zip back up and go. So I'm saying if you had weird stuff around, you know what I mean? Like what if there was like crabs and it got on his hand in the door and then there's crabs in my mouth. You know what I mean? (coughs) Gross. That's not how crabs work. Okay. Do you have pamphlets? Oh, excellent. Why didn't you bring pamphlets? (laughs) You didn't know where you were going to be put on the spot about crabs tonight? That's just Mike, guys. He doesn't have craps. Don't worry. That was awkward. I tried to do yoga there for a second. I, don't, I was like, I don't know, tree pole. That's fine. I'm just talking. Um, oh, wait. I remembered my new stuff. Okay, cool. We're back on track. Um, so you know how corporations always want like a tax write-off? Well, I think that's stupid, number one. But number two, uh, if we do give them a tax write-off, I think that they should have to do something worth it, like something we're going to get good stuff out of, not just like, I have so much money, I can't pay taxes. You know, like For example, I think we should put Google in charge of education. You know what I mean? Like, think about all... Uh, like, right now, I work for SFUSD, and we ain't got shit. Like, we have... I. We have like Dell computers, you know what I mean? It's like a Dell desktop from like 1993. I'm like, ah, uh, is this still alive? I don't know, you know. But put Google on it, right? I get me a brand new iPad, iMac, everything, you know. And they're so organized. And just think about it. Think about if kids were so, well, were like as smart as Google. Instead of like googling something, you just ask your kid. You know what I mean? They would be so smart. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. You just Google takes over, and it's fine, right? but like somebody else could be in charge of the DMV. I don't know who that would be. Somebody else could be in charge of like fixing the street. I don't know, there's like a lot of problems that these corporations with all these giant money could help fix. I haven't thought this all the way through, com- apparently <laughs> or completely, but I do think that there's a solution there. Just spitballing now, you guys. How long does this go, till 10? Mind I just going a power lunch till 10? <laughs> I just clearly prepared 10 minutes and then, now I don't know. No, I feel like I have stage time, which is like a gift that I don't want to give it away, but I don't know what the fuck to talk about. You know what I mean? I've done 22 minutes. Wow.
0: That's really good.
10: I get a gold star today. I get a sticker. I'm gonna put on my sticker chart. I'm gonna get a cookie. (laughs) That's how, that's how teaching works with young children. It's just pure bribery, just like stickers, star charts, cookies. <laughs> Please don't let your mom yell at me on Mondays. That's pretty much how it goes. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go home now. OK. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Mammy. <laughs>
1: notebook which has all the secrets of teaching the small children uh hey clap it up for uh jonathan running the ones and twos in there tonight thanks so much for doing it and mike spiegelman for running the door how very helpful uh this has been an awesome super fun show and thank you guys all for coming matt thanks for coming all the way from la to be a part of mutiny radio uh just so everybody knows there is karaoke at benders tonight which is at 800 South Van Ness, just letting people know that that's something that's going on, if you like karaoke. Uh, But thanks for being here tonight, and we'll see you guys Uh, next week. The theme is uh, Hell in a Handbasket. It's my new theme show where um, it's like Chopped, but it's comedy, and so they open a basket, and there's four things in the basket, and they have to make comedy about those four things, but they don't get to hear other people's sets. They're like, so, but the audience hears everybody's sets about the same things in the basket, and then they chop a person, and then three people come back, and there's five things in a different basket, and then they head off. To, there's ten things in a basket, blah, blah, blah. But it's going to be cute. It's going to be a cute little, like, I'm, we're going to see what happens. But it'll be like, you open it, it be like, a baby doll, an eggplant, sunscreen, and a paperclip. <laughs> Four minutes and write some jokes. It'll be fun. All right, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Good night. Yay!
6: Ago, when the writing stopped. Whether it was due to his marital turmoil, the failure of his second book, or because he had become conscious of the cycles that plagued his life, Ed didn't know. Words could not find their way out of the noise in his mind. He stared at nothing while time passed, and a page in the typewriter remained blank. His debt was growing. He had lost his job at the Sutton Valley Gazette, was in danger of losing his house on the hill at 34 Saybrook Road, and was trying to swallow.
8: Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around, me sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship. Mutiny FM has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface MacRat. McRat. <laughs> Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are you on a raft without a patter?
11: Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from eight to ten. Book your event now. me
6: but boy how it burns me whenever she touched me and I feel so
1: Wanna spend a summer Sunday laughing your cares away? Then come join the fun at San Francisco's Comedy Day. One stage, five hours, 40 comedians, a million laps, and it's free. Besides our annual celebration of stand-up, did you know that Comedy Day offers workshops that teach Bay Area students how to use humor to resolve conflict? Comedy Day is so serious about ending bullying, it's banning all comedians from using the following phrases. Knee slapping, side splitting, break a leg, bust a gut, knock them dead! Those words hurt. But Comedy Day feels good. It's fun for the whole family. Did I
8: mention it's free? Hey, comedy fans, don't miss the 37th annual Comedy Day, the original longest-running free outdoor comedy concert in the world. The funny starts at noon on Sunday, September 17th at Sharon Meadow in Golden Gate Park, San Francisco. One stage, five hours, 40 comedians, a million laughs. It's free!
6: mac and cheese you like tacos they get them and from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads gonna come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or
5: later. Counter off us, son, i am change It makes it change like three times throughout <laughs> the course yeah. of that.
10: Anything you try has already been done before. And there's nothing, really, you can do about it. So remember to avoid taking risks, and to whisper into feathers together in the dark. It's the right thing to do. And viewers like you.
11: When the circus is in town, it's time for a train ride. The best circus town train rides are the dependable ones that'll depart and arrive on time.
10: The ones that'll take
0: you from clown to trapeze squad elephant, see? Look on the train with the circus
7: promise. It's intense. Vacation. Vacation. Concentration. Vibration. You're listening to Shaggy's Soul Shakedown Party tonight. Tonight.
0: tonight.
4: All right, folks, as you know,
1: as you know, Shaggy's Soul Shakedown is every Thursday every Thursday from 6 to 8 p.m. here on MutinyRadio.fm. What's with the limp? I got hit by a car on my bike. This person just ran a red light. How are you going to work? You wait tables. I don't know. I'm terrified. I count on my tips, and these hospital bills are confusing. The insurance adjusters just treat me like I'm a piece of paperwork.
2: Man, you
9: should go to JohnStraussLaw.com. John Strauss is a great personal injury attorney. When I got hurt, he handled everything for me. He was on my side. And best of
1: all, I didn't have to pay out of pocket. He got paid when I did. That's great, because I cannot afford to pay out of pocket.
9: Yeah, don't let them confuse you and trick you. They
1: treat you like you're a business. And it's not business. It's personal. Injury. JohnStraussLaw.com
7: it's a cash cow, honey. Yeah. <laughs>
1: The second annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is coming March 1st through 5th, 2017 to San Francisco, featuring 25 shows in five days and 50 comedians from across the entire U.S. From Washington and Portland to Los Angeles, New York to Indiana, Tennessee to Pennsylvania, these comics will join San Francisco's best underground comedians for five days of comedy at Mutiny Radio. All shows will be live streaming and available after via podcast at www.mutinyradio.fm. But see them live in our intimate 30 seat performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Mission, March 1st through 5th. Tickets available on our website, www.mutinyradio.fm. Now brought to you by our generous festival sponsors, Alta California Botanicals, Destiny's Mom, What a Tomato Produce Company, the law offices of John P. Strauss III, Asiento, FruFruHot.com, Jankytown.org, Brooke Heineken, Fervor Fervor, and Trina Roderick.
4: Asiento. So much... This locally owned Mission neighborhood bar and restaurant is excited to be a sponsor for the festival. We hope you'll join us any night of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival for Happy Hour Pricing all night long. Just mention that you are an audience member for Happy Hour Pricing March 1st through the 5th at Asiento. Our address is 2730 21st Street at Bryant Street, just a half a block away from Mutiny Radio. Asiento has a warm, friendly
3: neighborhood vibe that's perfect.
4: Asiento is for thirty to forty-somethings
10: who just want a quick bite to eat with a snazzy cocktail on the side, or who listens to like early <laughs> 2000s like electronic. Uh, Remember, they were playing some weird. Jumbo? No, it was like some weird electronic like music that is you it heard like acid like... jazz or no, it was what more like elevator elevator music. That's it. <laughs> You nailed it right on the head. But like, but like with the DJ touch, I guess. I don't know. It was weird. And I, we felt so out of place. We, but We tried to make but it the, work. the waitress was really nice. Yes. The, I mean, the bartender. we were friendly. And uh, their drinks are really good from what I remember. I think I had a Bloody Mary or,
3: yeah. And then I had like something with gin or margarita or something. I know, we were pretty drunk. <laughs> but it's so close to the station. It's only like a block away. Yeah. And they've been a, So even though we should
10: talked go there and uh, enjoy the
0: drinks